All of us are living in some form of a pattern of this world. So don't count yourself out. If you're like, no, like I'm a good Christian, I don't you're living into a pattern of this world. And oftentimes, if you want to know the one that I see Christians living into more without realizing they're doing it is a pattern of fear. Living into the fear. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? What about our country? What about this? And there's a pattern of fear. And I want to tell you, a pattern of fear is a pattern of the world. That is not a pattern of Christ. So if you're taking your Christian understanding and your Christian doctrine and it's leading you to a pattern of fear, something has gone wrong. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I'm so glad to be with you today. I'm particularly glad to be with you today as we look at Romans chapter 12 together. We have really faithfully studied each and every chapter of Romans as with, that has led us to this point. And we are now in just one of my favorite places in all of Scripture, and really one of my favorite places in Scripture to learn about Bible study, um, which is Romans chapter 12. So we're going to do this together and look at this big pivot that we're taking in the letter to the Romans right now in chapter 12. And what I want to do today is actually read the whole chapter to you. And I want to invite you as I read the chapter to listen for words and phrases that might stick out to you. Sometimes we just need to hear things um, differently than when we read them and just allow the words to to kind of wash over you. And if you're in a place where you can make a note, um, I would invite you to make a note to what stands out to you today. Sometimes, particularly when there are passages in scripture that we're more familiar with, we can miss some of the treasures within. And I really believe, and one of the reasons why I'm just so grateful to be with you today and to be studying together is I really think that every time we come to Scripture, uh, the Spirit of God has something new for us, and we could read the same chapter over and over again, and the Spirit of God can use it in a multitude of ways in our lives, because you're changing, and I'm changing. You're not the same person that you were when you last read this chapter, even if it was yesterday. So I just want to invite you to open your hearts to receive God's Word, open your minds to receive His revelation, and here we go with Romans chapter 12. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, 
and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, my friends, what did you hear there? Do you know what I heard? I heard the to-do list for the Christian. If you've ever wondered, what is it exactly that God's calling me to do? How do I live in this world? How do I live as a follower of Jesus? You have your answers here in chapter 12. We do not have to dig very deep to find principles that God has for each one of us. In the Alive Method, we practice those four questions. Remember, the first one is, what does it say? We want to dig deep and understand what the passage is saying to us. The second is, what's the backstory? What's happening around us? What's happening around this chapter? The third is, what does it mean? What are the principles here that I can apply to my life? It was the same principle then as the principle is today. And the fourth is, what does it mean for me? What is the Spirit of God actually drawing me toward in today as I read this passage? What's really cool about chapter 12 is the whole thing is basically question three. It's all the principles. What does it mean? You don't have to dig very deep to ask the question, what does it mean? It's like, hey, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Sure. 
Does that require some work? Yes. Does that require some wrestling? Absolutely. When it says in scripture, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is very clear. You can ask yourself, is the way that I want to respond to this person, to this relationship, to this circumstance, to this news story, do I want to respond with evil? And what would evil be? Well, evil is anything that is not the fruit of the spirit. If I am responding without love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that I am not responding in Christ. It's clear. And what I love about this chapter is if you're a person who's like, man, I just want clarity in my life. I want clarity about what it means to follow Jesus. Then there is your challenge because chapter 12 gives us this incredible framework for what it looks like to follow Jesus. Now let's break it down a little bit, shall we? Okay. Question one, what does it say? I want you all to focus on the first two verses in this passage. I'm going to read them to you again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, what? In view of what? In view of God's mercy. Let's pause there for a second. Mercy has been a theme, right, that we've heard week after week. And now we know, especially if you look at your study notes, you're going to see that there's a study note that says from chapter 12, verse 1, through chapter 15, verse 33. So like almost the whole rest of the letter, Paul now turns to the practical application of everything that he has said up to this point. How cool is that? Everything that we've learned up to this point has been about getting us here. And we actually can't do chapter 12 without chapters 1 through 11. If we don't remember, like, and if you need to review in your mind, like, hey, what do you remember from chapter 1 through 11? This is a good time to do that. (laughs) Even just now. Pause the podcast. What do you remember? Isn't it interesting how hard it is to really like retain knowledge and be like, what is it that I really know? So you can pause the podcast and say, what is it that I know about chapters one through 11? Like what's a few things I know? Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Okay, you back with me? Here's a few things that we know, right? 
we know that all of us are sinners, right? None of us are perfect. Even what's good is not good enough for God. We know that God has made it very clear the way to um, the Father, that through Jesus we have a way to the Father, right? And we have been, it's been very abundantly clear that it is God's mercy that is at work drawing us to him, and that because of that mercy, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can stand between us and the love of Christ Jesus. We learned all of that and even more, right? in the first 11 chapters. And therefore, in chapter 12, verse 1, we start with therefore, because of all of that, now we can get to practical application. Dear brother or sister, if you are trying to do the practical application of the Christian faith without a deep understanding of the grace of God, if you're just trying to modify your behavior and be good enough for chapter 12 without recognizing what chapter 1 through 11 taught you, you will fail. It will not feel good because you will be living in a works righteousness. You'll still be trying to get your way to God, right? Prove your way to God. And what's so amazing about the, the letter to the Romans is that Paul gives us this incredible doctrine to help us understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the only qualification. It is not because of anything that you do, and it is because of the love of God that has been poured out onto us that we can actually respond. And now we hear what it looks like to respond, therefore, in view of God's mercy. Okay, now we get to hear if all of that is true, if we believe all of that with our whole heart, okay, how do we get to respond? And what we hear in chapter one is that in view of God's mercy, you offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, when we're in question one, what does it say? You should have questions like, what in the world? How do I offer my body? What is a living sacrifice? Like, sacrifices aren't living usually, right? So this is a place to start to engage your mind and ask the question. I mean, I asked the question right away. When do you use the word sacrifice? Like think about how that word is used right now in our world, right? And and when I thought about like, how do we use the word sacrifice? I'm like, a sacrifice always means something that comes at a high cost, right? Like if I'm going to if I'm going to make a sacrifice for someone, if I'm going to sacrifice my career, if I'm, you know, the way that we would use that word is that something that is dear and precious to us that we give up. And so when we hear this, hey, in view of God's mercy, in view of everything that you do, you get to offer yourself to God. You get to take the very highest Christ item that you have, which is your heart, your mind, and your soul and your body, and say, God, I give you my life to be the Lord of my life. And what it looks like to have God to have God be the Lord of your life is what we see in chapter 12. Paul makes it really clear, hey, if if Jesus is the Lord of your life, this is what it's going to look like, right? And we see the fruit of it right away. So in verse two, we keep going with what does it say? Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Now, this is one of my favorite little Bible study tricks. You guys, some of you have heard this before because I've talked about Romans chapter 12 in the Bible study, Help My Bible is Alive. We actually spend tons of time on these two verses to really practice the tools and tips. And if you guys have not read Help My Bible is Alive or gone through that 30-day Bible challenge, I really want to encourage you to do so at the beginning of the year in January to to do that 30 days. If you've never done it, if you like this podcast, if you want to grow in Bible study, that's one of the 
best things you can do is just do the boot camp. And that's what that 30 days is. It's like a 30 day Bible boot camp. It will get you there. And we do a lot of stuff with Romans chapter 12. So one of those things when we're practicing really the techniques of understanding what does it say is paying attention to verb tenses, paying attention to when the Bible gives us kind of like opposing ideas. So in this verse, we have a do not and uh, what to do, right? And so the do not is don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So you're going to want to ask yourself, what are the patterns of this world? When I look around, what are the patterns of this world that I live in? Okay. So my do not is to not conform to what those are. And then my do, it actually says be transformed, right? And then it tells you how to be transformed. So interestingly, it does not say transform yourself. It is not an active verb. So the do not is active. Do not conform. The be transformed is passive, which means that the the action of being transformed is going to happen how? And then we get the how in the by the renewing of your mind. So the part that you can do is renew your mind. The part you can't do is your own transformation. The part you can do is to not be conformed to the patterns of the world. The part you can't do is your own transformation, okay? God is the one who creates transformation in us, but he gives us channels with which we can create routines and rhythms that move us toward that transformation. And how do we know if we're being transformed? Well, it gives us the answer. It says you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Like if you're being transformed by renewing your mind, you're going to be able to know God's will. Now that is an amazing promise, right? And that's one that we're all stepping toward. I think we all desire to know God's will. We all want to know how to live our life in a way that's pleasing to God. And and a lot of times we get confused and concerned that we don't know God's path, that we don't know God's will. But Romans chapter 12 helps us know, okay, well, here's your first step. Step one, do you know what the patterns of the world are? Step two, are you conforming to them? Step three, what does it look like for you to renew your mind? That's a good place to start. You can ask those questions. Come on over to the Facebook group. We'll talk more about that there. So what we've got here is just with the practice of asking the question, what does it say, and digging deeper, we are uncovering all of these gems, even in just these first two verses. Like, if you've been asking the question, what does it look like to live my life for Christ? What does it look like to know God's will? You've got an answer here. Now, you've got to do the work of asking, what would it look like for me to have my mind renewed? What is renewing my mind look like? You may want to do a little concordance search. That's the, the work in the back of your Bible. You can look up the word mind. You can look up the word renew. Look for other places in scripture that are going to give you more of what that would look like. But I'll give you a hint. One of the ways you renew your mind is by what you're doing right now. You actually spend time in God's word. You spend time in God's truth so that God's truth begins to be more illuminated in your life. There's more light in your life around that truth. And therefore, you start to see the patterns of the world more clearly. And all of us are living in some form of a pattern of this world. So don't count yourself out. If you're like, no, like I'm a good Christian, I don't, you're living into a pattern of this world. And oftentimes, do you know one, one, If you want to know the one that I see Christians living into more without realizing they're doing it is a pattern of fear. Living into the fear. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? What about our country? What about this? And there's a pattern of fear. And I want to tell you, a pattern of fear is a pattern of the world. That is not a pattern of Christ. 
So if you're taking your Christian understanding and your Christian doctrine and it's leading you to a pattern of fear, something has gone wrong. Something's not working in there. And and you want to examine that and be like, oh, like maybe I'm spiritualizing fear instead of living into Romans 12, especially the last verse in Romans 12, which says what? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Am I addressing evil with more evil? Am I addressing evil with fear? Because fear is not a pattern of Christ. How am I addressing evil? Am I overcoming it with good? If I'm spending a lot of time watching the news and I'm getting caught up in like where the world's going and all this stuff, and what am, what time am I spending working on overcoming evil with good? Like, how am I doing that? Not by ranting on other people's social media. Not by, what am I actually doing with my life? Like, maybe there's a space in your life where you need to actually get engaged with real people in some sort of volunteer capacity where you're doing something that's good and you're bringing good about in the way that you serve, right? Because that's one of the things that we see in this chapter. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, what does it say? It gives us this clear picture of where we're going in these next chapters. And then if we're looking at the rest of the chapter, I would these are the kind of the questions that I wrote down. Again, because this stuff is really easy to find. It doesn't quite take as much backstory as normal. The main backstory for this chapter is that everything before this chapter mattered, right? Everything about what we're talking about now has to do with understanding God's mercy up to this point. And then we can really ask, okay, what does this mean? You know, and so I began, I just wrote down a few questions for you guys as we wrap up today. Again, just from working through this chapter um, again in my life, I've read it so many times. I'm struck anew today by even more that God has for me and for you within this passage. So here's four questions that I'd ask you as we close. The first one is this What does sacrifice look like for me in this season? And by sacrifice, remember, it's something that comes at a cost. It feels like something dear to us. And for many of us, um, sacrifice might look like just the way that we serve our family, the, the attitude that we bring to our family. It might be the way that we use our time. That might be a really big part of, of a sacrifice that we might want to consider ma- making. It might be the way that we engage with a loved one who is frustrating to us or who we just don't really want to reach out to. These are some of the ways that we might have a sacrifice that needs to be made. It might be a way that we use our finances. So don't overthink this one like, oh, like, how do I give my whole life away to God? No. How do you just give away a little part of your life to God? Like, just to start, like, what does it look like this week for you? What does sacrifice look like for you this week? The second question, what does serving look like for me in this season? You know, there's this whole idea of like, hey, we're in the body of Christ and every single person is important in the body and you have gifts to bring to the body. So what does serving look like for me in this season? What does it look like for me to lead diligently or give cheerfully, right? What is it that God's calling me to in this season? Third question, what am I drawn to in the love passage in this chapter? So the love passage basically starts in verse 9 and goes to the end to verse 21. As you hear the way love is described in verses 9 through 21, and you can go back in the podcast if you just want to listen to it again, what are you drawn to? What words are resonating with you? What might you write down on a card um, and put it in your car or by your bathroom mirror? I love, and the one that I like just can't get away from for me is love must be sincere. Like I just, I write that down. I look at it and I ask myself, what does it look like to be sincere today with my love? 
And usually what that means is that I, I need to say more words. I want to um, bring more words of life to my children, to my husband. Um, when I experience someone who is loving and kind in a way that moves my heart, I want to be clear in sharing it with them. Like, I don't want to just hold that good thought in my mind. I actually want to give it to them. And, you know, it, that's an idea of what I mean by what are you drawn to in that love passage? Maybe something that's convicting to you, something that's comforting to you, a way that you want to be in the world. Okay. And then the final question comes from that last verse. What am I being called to overcome? Do not overcome evil with evil but overcome evil with good. Where is God calling me to overcome? And guess what? You're not going to overcome without him. God is our overcomer. Like the reason that we have strength, the strength that we have in Christ is the resurrection power of him at work in our lives. And we can just say, God, I feel overcome by this evil, but will you show me that I am an overcomer, that you have called me to be an overcomer and that the spirit of God is in me and can strengthen me in this place. So if you feel overcome by your schedule today, if you feel overcome by your finances today, if you feel overcome by your past today, if you feel overcome by the future today, if you feel overcome by just your to-do list right now today, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Just stop what you're doing and say, Lord, Father God, we come together and we know that we are so tempted to be overcome by fear to be overcome by worry, to be overcome by resentment, to be overcome by apathy or selfishness. And yet we know, God, that you call us to overcome evil with good. Father, would you show us what good looks like today? And then would you give us the strength to carry it out? And when we close our eyes tonight and we lay our head on the pillow, God, would we hear that whisper from your spirit, well done, my good and faithful servant. Rest easy because I am always at work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me today, you guys. Can't wait to talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.